Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Good day. This is Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News, and we're presenting a special issue of Law Technology Now, Just Discovery, with our guest, Craig Ball. Craig is our popular columnist for Law Technology News who writes Ball in Your Court, and he's won so many awards it would take the entire show for me to tell you about them, so I won't. But Craig, uh, why don't you start our discussion? Uh, We're going to be talking about an article you wrote this summer uh, in August called Brain Drain, and uh, it's about what happens when an employee departs and departs with more than thank yous for a job well done, translation is going away with some valuable information that the employer probably wasn't too happy to see go. But before you start, tell our listeners a little bit about your background. Well, I'm a longtime trial lawyer who has decided to dedicate 100% of his time to computer forensics and electronic discovery. I mix my time as a consultant, in, as a partisan consultant, and, and the balance of my time, about 70% of it, is as a court-appointed neutral or special master. And much of the work that I do in, in terms of what we've called brain drain or the, uh, the theft of intellectual property or alleged theft of intellectual property is often as an appointee of the court. Now, in this case, we have a situation where an employee might have been fired, they might have left voluntarily, but at some point someone gets nervous about the fact that they've left with potentially confidential um, material. Give us some examples of what typically happens and why this is such a problem. Well, and, and it is a problem. It, interestingly, a couple of years ago, they did a study in the U.K., and they found that, that 60-odd percent, almost two-thirds, of white-collar folks who left their employers to go to other jobs left with their prior employers' proprietary information. Now, some of that is done fairly innocently. You you may grab your email container so that you have your personal stuff, but lo and behold, you've also carried away much employer proprietary data. You may, let me put it this way, Monica, I know a lot of lawyers listen to this. I don't know a lawyer, I certainly don't know a litigator, who has left a law firm and didn't take what they considered to be their form file. But, of course, when you look at those documents, they often are, are documents that are key client information. So we do some of these things without thinking. I'm going to be talking today, though, when it's done intentionally. What do you do if you see that a key employee is left, they turn up starting a competing business or working for your major competitor, and all of a sudden you have reason to suspect that they are recruiting your customers or using your intellectual property in an unfair and unreasonable way. When you begin to think, gosh, they just seem to know our prices uh, and cut us by just a small amount, or they have they know every key person to contact, they know when the um, contract is up, that they have an inside track because they've stolen our data. What do you do then is what I'd like to talk about today. Sounds great. What's what's the first step that happens when, when uh, an employer has a hunch or has for sure discovered that this is going to, to that this has happened to them? What happens? Well, of course, the very first thing that the former employer does tends to be the one thing that they should not do, and that is that they often will go to the computer that was used by the former employee, whether it be a desktop or a turned-in laptop. 
they'll start poking around and they'll they will realize that information perhaps was um, collected or uh, you know uh, assembled and then they begin to get a sense that perhaps it was taken or as likely they'll look on the computer and see that someone has used a data eradication or wiping tool and they get suspicious of that but the process of their tromping around to look for this information can often make it very difficult to ascertain the full extent of the misconduct as well as to prosecute it or bring a civil case to restrain it. So if I'm uh, going to, you know, multibigmedia.com and want to take my contacts with me and I've dumped them on my, uh, on my jump drive, is there a way that that, that would have left a track um, when I depart? Absolutely. Uh, as a general proposition, much of what you do on a computer is being tracked. When you open a file, it's being tracked in a variety of different places that are available for a forensic examiner to look to to evidence that event. When you plug in a USB device, such as you're, if you're planning to take information off on a thumb drive or an external hard drive, that, too, is going to leave a track. It's going to have something of a signature associated with that media so that it not only becomes possible to see the connection of the media and then be able to look at the nature of its use. Do we see the assembly of information that's critical, bringing it together in a mass on the eve of departure? Do we see its movement onto the media? Do we see that media then being removed? And then when we get a chance, usually through the discovery process or perhaps in connection with a temporary restraining order or injunctive relief effort, to look at the target media, the new computers used by the former employee, do we see evidence of that thumb drive or external hard drive being connected to the employer systems and that information being exploited or disseminated through the new employer's uh, uh, enterprise and systems? Now, I would assume that in real life what typically might happen in this would be there'd be some lawyers yelling at each other back and forth, and they'd finally agree on some sort of a compromise and say, okay, let's get rid of this data. Let's obliterate it. How do you do that in a forensically sound manner? And and if some of our listeners are dealing with this problem, what advice do you give them on the next step? Well, you've, you've gone to a very important challenge, which is obliteration of data sounds easy. But doing it selectively, doing it in a way that the information that is so sensitive can't be recovered through further forensic means is quite challenging. Because information, even though you think of it as the user as being here in my documents folder, that information is also creating counterparts in areas of the drive that the user cannot access. And as a consequence of that, the ability to both eradicate the active data and then be in a position to eradicate what's called data in the unallocated clusters and do it selectively, or data in the swap files, which represents the virtualized memory. Let's put it this way. It's much more challenging to make data go away than people think, particularly if you're trying to do it in a selective way. Sometimes it's better to actually take out what you're intending to keep and move that to fresh media, having that reviewed to make sure it's benign, than it is to try to eradicate what is essentially a tainted piece of media. Would this be a situation, Craig, where the the 
uh, old employer might insist that they simply destroy the hard drive and replace the hard drive so that theoretically everything was gone, or is or w- is that even inadequate? Well, it's it's not that it's inadequate. Although the most important thing you need to do before you get to that point is is you need to have a a fair and competent assessment of where has the data gone. Are we sure that by eradicating it from that place that there isn't a likelihood of it being copied to a dozen other places? And so you generally want to have a a look through either a neutral or sometimes through a partisan if you can set up a protocol that you trust that the individual who left their home computers, their portable computers, the, the ambit of their, of their data life is looked at. And the, what you're looking for are vectors of departure. I mean, think about that for a minute. Information moves onto or off of a computer through a finite number of ways, through USB media, optical media, network transmittal, email, couple of other ways. But basically, if you can close each of those doors, if you can have a relatively high comfort level that the information hasn't gone out somewhere else, and, and ultimately you have to follow the information wherever it leads until you get to the point where all those barn doors are shut. Speaking of shutting doors, we have to take a quick break. Uh, we will be back in a moment, but first we want to hear a word from our sponsor, BDO Consulting. Electronic discovery doesn't have to be complex. At BDO Consulting, we translate technology into language everyone can understand and help clients make informed decisions and frame persuasive arguments. Our e-discovery experts use state-of-the-art tools to collect, process, and analyze data from virtually any electronic source. The result is a proactive, problem-solving approach to e-discovery, capable of handling even the most complex situations. The way we see it, eDiscovery is all about service, and service is what BDO Consulting is all about. Visit BDOConsulting.com for more information. We're back with our guest, Craig Ball, and we're on a fascinating discussion of a topic that, like all the topics with Craig, we could easily spend about three hours. And we're talking about brain drain, and the article about this topic occurred in August 2008. If you would like a copy, you can email us at lawtech at incisivemedia.com, or you can go on our website, www.lawtechnologynews.com, and in the bottom left-hand nav, go to the August 08 issue, and you'll find it there. Um, we're talking about employees who leave and take more than their bodies, do their next job. Um, you're talking about making sure that all the doors were closed uh, and that you'd gotten all the the contraband information. What next, Craig? Well, once you've tracked down where it goes, then then you can look at at the issue of of eradicating it. And there are a variety of ways to go about that. You mentioned one. It might be appropriate just to work with a clean hard drive. Typically, though, that can be challenging because there will be a mix of legitimate data with any illegitimate data. There'll be some new work or work that is proprietary to the receiving company, and we can't just throw out that baby with the bathwater. The biggest challenge that I see lawyers face when they do this is not knowing how to start, although that's obviously something I'm happy to talk about, but also where do you stop? I've seen some tremendous abuses in this area 
where perhaps a, a new employee is hired and that employee has made a, a bad judgment. They have taken with them certain information. They have perhaps copied it to their company machine. And that, that bad act can so taint the process and, and put the receiving company so much on the defensive that they will make a poor judgment, such as saying to the court, Your Honor, we have nothing to hide they can have their person come and look at every machine in the company. I've seen that very thing happen, and I have literally seen that offer taken up and then every machine in the company forensically imaged at enormous cost, searched at gargantuan cost, and most of it's a waste. So what you want to do is is you want to be able to take a reasonable approach, going to the lowest branches on the tree, those machines and areas on the server that are most closely connected to the individual who transported the data, and only move away from that core as you ha- if you have good cause to do so, as you see evidence of the information being disseminated or somehow escaping through one of the vectors I mentioned. So it sounds almost, Craig, like you're suggesting that in many circumstances this might be something that was triggered by perhaps naivete and not actual concrete premeditation and malice, if you would. Are, are there situations where the, the exiting employee may not even realize what he, he or she is doing? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it in all different ways. I mean, I've seen true evility. I mean, where the individual has, as even has a confederate in the company, and they're literally just trying to strip the company bare. There's plenty of badness out there. But I've also seen it where it's used tactically by a, an aggrieved former employer. In one case, I'm involved in. They've pretty much looked at very benign information and attempted to try to make it seem as though it was the, the theft of data, when really it, it breaks almost every rule of, of what you would expect to see. So it runs the gamut between the innocent person believing that they were entitled to bring some things and that being used as a means to try to stop, that, stop the benefit flowing to a competitor by hiring away a key employee. Well, it's a terrific topic and absolutely fascinating, and, and it's been wonderful to get your insight on it. We've been talking with Craig Ball. Once again, if you'd like to read more about this, it's available in our August issue of Law Technology News. And before we say adios, a few thank yous. First and foremost to Craig Ball, again, who is Law Technology News's columnist on Ball in Your Court. We would also like to remind you that you can listen to us in three different venues. You can find us at Law Technology News on our website with www.lawtechnologynow.com. You can find us with our partners, the Legal Talk Network, and their website is www.legaltalknetwork.com. And finally, we're on the iTunes podcast library. I think I misspoke on the first one. It is the Law Technology Now website, which is slightly different from Law Technology News's website. Um, we want to thank our terrific crew. Uh, first and foremost, Jill Winward at Law.com, the team at Legal Talk Network, which includes Luann Reeb, Scott Hess, Mike Hockman, and the fabulous Kate Kenny. And last but never least, Keith Achille, our producer here at Incisive Media. This has been Law Technology Now, Just Discovery, with Craig Ball and I'm Monica Bay. We hope to have you join us next time. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.